It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everyone? Happy Friday night. Kicking off your weekend with a little Bills Cardinals preview edition of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. Of course, brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. We got a fun show for you guys tonight on this Friday. I told you we had a big guest coming in. We're going to break this thing down. He is my co-host, Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino, and we are joined tonight by Catherine Fitzgerald from the Arizona Republic. Catherine, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be on. Well, speaking of exciting, I mean, we're talking about two of the most exciting offenses in the, in the NFL right now uh, with uh, the Kyler Murray-led Arizona Cardinals and the Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills. And it's interesting, like, you you start to break this thing down, and I, and I was listening to some of the media coming out of Arizona this week, and, you know, then you go look at the numbers, and these two offenses are, I think they're two of the only offenses in the league that have the personnel to run 10 as much as they do. One running back, no tight end, four wide receivers. Patrick Peterson talked a little bit about it this week. And, you know, the challenge of going up against a group like the Bills have. Well, you look on the other side of things, and the Cardinals have quite a group themselves. I mean, how are they utilizing the weapons at Kyler Murray's disposal this year? Yeah, to first to your point, when you mentioned Patrick Peterson talking about it, I think the Cardinals defense sees some advantage in going against that offense. Even going back to training camp, they're always like, we're so exhausted from having to go against Kyler and these receivers day after day. So I think both teams will have a bit of an advantage there in knowing familiarity of their own personnel. But then, yeah, to the Cardinals offense itself, um, something I think is notable is Cliff Kingsbury is still very much like, we are absolutely not what we're going to be hitting yet. Um, our offense has not all come together, even with the numbers they're putting up and the personnel. Um, so I think they're still kind of trying to develop that identity, both as Kyler Murray takes a step in year two, but also as they weave in different receivers and try to get them all going in the same game. I think that's something they're still really trying to work through. Well, speaking of new receivers, there's DeAndre Hopkins, who, you know, Bills fans know pretty well from his time with the Texans, the playoff game last year. How has he fit into this offense and how has Arizona's offense changed or improved with Hopkins in it? Yeah, I mean, such a huge addition this offseason, you know, just based off what he can do and adding it into Cliff Kingsbury's scheme, putting him at Kyler Murray's disposal, I think. Again, they're still trying to figure it out exactly. Um, Their last game, he just had the three catches, 30 yards, but was very quick to be like, yes, also I drew four um, DPI calls, team stayed on the field. There's other ways he's involved, and it's opened up a lot for Christian Kirk too. Um, He and Kyler Murray have a really great chemistry, and I think the expectation, no matter what, was that he was going to take a big step in his third season, but then – To add in Hopkins, to know that opposing defenses have to plan around Hopkins first, most likely, um, that's helped Kirk a lot. And, you know, 
his first game, Hopkins with the team, what was it, 14 catches, like made a splash right away despite not having as much of an offseason with this team, not even meeting Kyler Murray in person until July, and then just having a shorter training camp where he did miss a little bit of time during training camp with an injury too. So just less reps in this system, but you know, a player of his caliber, obviously that's not going to slow him down at all. So I think they still are going to take a few steps with him, even though that seems kind of wild to say about someone who's, you know, a statistical leader already. And with Kyler, like, you know, so many of these dual threat quarterbacks offer so many problems for opposing defenses to kind of figure out. And with him, like I've, I've noticed a couple people like on Bill's Twitter this week, just commenting on the effortless nature that he runs the ball with. And it, it's almost like out of a Madden video game. Sometimes when you watch him, he kind of just glides and you're like, wait a second, is the, is the, is the joystick broken here? Like what's going on? So I'm wondering how much do they rely on him as a runner, not only with you know the scrambling ability, but actual design runs? Yeah, and I want to say he makes it really hard on reporters too, because if I blink, he's another 12 yards down the field. He's in the end zone. I'm trying to have to describe all this when, like you said, it's video game plays all the time here. But yeah, they do. They have so much flexibility with him there where there are a lot of designed runs, but they're still very careful where, they don't want him to get hit. They don't want him to take on that burden of always having to dominate the run game. But I think so often when you see things start to collapse, he can just extend plays. Um, one of their, when it was fourth and one last week and he picked up a casual 28 yards, um, you know, he's like his arms out one handed, he's almost falling and then all of a sudden downfield again. So they know those moments can happen at any time. And, Certainly some of it is planned, but a lot of it too is just kind of flow of the game. And he knows when he goes, he can make it downfield, um, especially now that he's worked through some of um, the hits he was taking last year, minimizing those and making sure that even if he's taking a sack, it's not like the pulverizing hit that could keep him out of the game. You, you know, last week, Buffalo was very aggressive. They sent a lot of pressure at Russell Wilson, hit him a lot. If the Bills try to do that, like you just said, Kyler Murray can take off. He can run. So in your opinion, what is the best way to try to limit a quarterback like Kyler Murray? Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, I think it's more about eliminating his other options because <laughs> there's not too much you can take away from him. Um, so some of that's happened to just organically with, um, you know, whether guys have been injured. They haven't really gotten Larry Fitzgerald that involved this year and, um, you know, that's less of a necessity when you've got DeAndre Hopkins out there, Christian Kirk available. But I think still, anytime you can take away just one aspect of this Cardinals offense, um, I'm very glad to not be a defensive coordinator trying to do that because especially this year, they just have so many guys at their disposal. Um, but yeah, I think Murray has done such a good job personally himself of recognizing, you know, what defenses will allow him versus last year where it was I think 48 sacks tied for most in the league. So um, that's been a huge key to his development. One disappointing factor. Well, some in Bill's mafia might not be disappointed about it because they watched him gather up nine and a half sacks last year, but Jordan Phillips uh, dealing with a bit of an injury will not play. He's been ruled out. 
And I kind of wanted to check in on Jordan because he's somebody that I feel like the fan base really grew to like in his short time here uh, before he uh, obviously cashed in in free agency. What have been the early returns uh, on Jordan Phillips? What has he added to this defense? Uh, and just a little report on how things are going out there for him. Yeah, first of all, I think one of the weird parts of this season is us not always getting to meet these guys in person. And so sometimes it feels like we still don't know them quite as well. But I loved his stories about bowling coming here. I can see why fans would be drawn to that. Um, and then on the field, too. So it was so critical when they lost Chandler Jones for kind of everyone on the defense to take a step up. Um, you know, Chandler Jones, even if he wasn't putting up the sacks he did last year, knowing that if they're planning around him, an opposing team is that that'll open up stuff for other guys. And I think you saw Jordan Phillips there take advantage of that. Um, across the defense, the pass rush just kind of kept up, I think, more than you would initially think when you lose a guy like Jones. And Phillips was a big part of that. Vance Joseph likes where they're at as far as that part of the defense, even though the defense as a whole is still trying to solidify quite a few things. But um, I think just especially seeing that in light of an injury was a, a huge part for this Cardinals defense. You know, uh, another name on the injury report is Buda Baker. And I know Vance Joseph has come out and said we anticipate him playing. He's listed as questionable for this game. But how much concern is there with the groin injury that he's dealing with that he will not be 100% for this game? Yeah, they did end up officially putting him as questionable. And Cliff Kingsbury today was um, saying they want to see what he looks like Sunday ahead of the game. So I think there is some concern there. Um, he was stretching on the side at the beginning of practice today, but able to join in while it was still the open portion of practice. So that's better than, you know, not certainly. Um, and he is a guy, I think, where they in other weeks could throw him out pretty quickly, even if he's been pretty limited in practice. But I think they might have to consider too that they've got Seattle coming up in five days with that Thursday night game. So that could be a factor there. Um, Obviously, he missed a bit of time with a thumb injury earlier this season, so they've already had to kind of play without him at times if he's not able to go, but still game time decision seems like is what it'll be. And I feel like, you know, as somebody that just watches um, intermittently the Arizona Cardinals, especially when they're on national TV, it seems like he is the guy that stirs the drink back there for them. Like, you know, in terms of the way that he flies around the field, how important is he to what they try to do? It seems like the defensive line has been struggling, especially in recent weeks, generating pressure. So if he's not 100% or not there, I mean, is this defense, how much are they going to miss him? Yeah, he is such a key player in this defense, whether it's making those huge plays. Um, also, I find he has such an interesting dynamic where he's a leader. They kind of rally around him, but he's got kind of that quiet mannerism. Um, and then he just flips it on in the game. You saw even those interceptions the last couple of weeks um, or a little bit before, excuse me, but the way he can just change um, the flow of a game so quickly with those explosive plays, you mentioned the speed, how he's able to just fly all around, um, forced a big fumble to um, at a critical moment against the Cowboys, which obviously again, a primetime game where they were just amped up to be there. So I think between the energy on top of his talent level, he's someone they absolutely want out there. So um, they're looking a little healthier at defense versus where they were last week, but still a couple of questionable guys. 
this next one before you before you go ryan i gotta jump in with this because it's a it's a selfish question because i haven't been a fantasy league as a matter of fact i just traded for him Kenyon drake what, what are we going to see out of him this weekend um i know he's questionable he's been dealing with that injury and i know when it first happened there was some real fear that this can be one that you know kept him on the shelf for a while maybe even ir and now what are we two weeks later and he he might play yeah and i think that was so notable to me is that they didn't put him on the ir where they've got that um change this year he could have been back sooner but it kind of led that they would have him in that window to be back but he's again cliff kingsbury pretty candidly was like if he's not able to be 100 for the game we don't want to put him out there so mm -hmm. um there's been other times where if they're able to get a guy they'll kind of go for it but it seems like trending towards they're really going to see what he can do out there um sunday pregame and that's where they'll decide for sure so they're really confident in chase edmonds um from the coaching staff if they are starting him and again when you've got kyler murray who can gobble up 106 yards on the ground like he did last week it gives you a little flexibility there but kind of tbd on kenyon and what about the special teams unit i know there's not usually a lot of special teams talk on these shows but buffalo has a, a great return man uh their special teams unit coverage unit has been playing well how has the special teams unit fared in arizona this year well, they're coming off a game where missed a pretty critical field goal. Um, so I know there's been some conversation around Zane Gonzalez um, missed one against Seattle too. They still feel good about him, but I think that's been the most notable thing there of just, you know, they're playing so many of these really tight games um, going into overtime in other cases too. And I think just those things feel so amplified in a season like this where it's coming down to the wire and those three points are really the difference maker. Um, we're going to get you out of here in a moment, but I, if I could put you on the spot and get, uh, if you don't have a prediction yet or don't want to give one yet um, or don't give one, whatever, how do you feel like this game is going to play out uh, in terms of who wins? Yeah. Predictions really stress me out. So I appreciate that. <laughs> but I think, like you guys mentioned at the start of the show, this is just going to be such an exciting game. Um, I think even for people who don't follow either of these teams to see just kind of two offenses that are putting up numbers like this going off against each other. Um, I'm excited to see just, you know, from a reporting standpoint, what Kyler Murray does in this game after he was really frustrated after that Dolphins loss. And that's what his teammates like. They want to see that. But mm -hmm. I think it's, kind of different in year two where last year for a team that got five wins, you know, they were having so many more of those frustrating losses versus I think when you get away for that for a bit for a guy like him who, you know, lost like one game in high school or something ridiculous like that um, to be facing that a little bit more and then coming right back for again, Buffalo this weekend, Seattle on Thursday, it's a tough stretch of the um, schedule for them. So seeing what he does in light of all that and um, just utilizing everyone he's got on his offense. I think it'll be, again, just fun to see what these offenses do against each other. Definitely. I can't wait. Thank you so much for taking some time before you get out of here, let everybody know where they can find your work so they can follow things this weekend from the other side. For sure. Um, everything I write goes on azcentral.com. And then I tweet pretty aggressively during the game. So you can follow all those shenanigans at kfits134.
Perfect. Perfect. Enjoy the nice weekend. I think things are getting colder in Western New York. So we're going to be bundled up and obviously not traveling uh, this year with uh, everything going on with COVID, but enjoy the game. Thank you so much, Catherine, for taking some time. Thank you guys. And definitely don't look at the weather here because I don't think that will make you feel much better FOMO wise, but enjoy the game. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right, guys, we're going to get into more, uh, but before we do a quick word from our sponsor. Ready for football? Tops is with ready-to-serve fan favorites everyone will cheer for. Delicious family or party packs like pizza, sliders, fried chicken, barbecue, or beef on whack. Starting at only $4 per serving. Perfect for game day and any day. Only at Tops. All right. Ryan Talbot, great stuff there from Catherine. Getting a little bit of a view from uh, the other side here as we get into this game. And we got a whole bunch more that we're going to get into here. Uh, this is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. Thank you for joining us on your Friday night, making us a part of your weekend here. Um, this is we're, we're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Shout out to them. You just saw their their cool ad. Um, man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching the game at home on on Sunday, Ryan. I think I'm gonna have to get some goodies. What do you? What's your game day go to? Ooh. Oh, I, I love wings. I'm I'm a sucker for wings. I, you know, wings, pizza, anything like that. So I, I think that's your your best bet there for sure. We're gonna get into the, our big storylines that we're watching going into this game, our matchups because there's some juicy ones, players to watch in this one. We're gonna get to all of that. If you have anything that you want to add to the conversation, please do. I saw a comment in here. Uh, I don't have it to to plaster on the screen because I think it, it's already been. Uh, moved down, but somebody commented, we can see you, Ryan. Ryan's <laughs> new light arrived. De uh, Dell shouted it out. Uh, so it it's good to see that smile. But let's get into these storylines here, Ryan, uh, because there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Whenever you have two offenses like this um, meeting and, and a team like the Bills that has is, is kind of gotten used to shootouts, your uh, storyline to watch is, is one definitely that everybody's got their eyes on. Yeah, can the Bills continue to win these these shootouts, the, these high-scoring affairs? And, and we saw it last week uh, with, with the game against Seahawks. We saw it earlier this year, a back-and-forth game, uh, obviously with Miami, where Miami kind of made a push late. We've seen it with the Rams game. The, the Bills have come out of these really close games with a lot of wins so far this season. Um, and, and it kind of comes down to like the last score wins for this team or, or you know, the final possession, and Josh Allen leads him down the field. But can they keep that up? They've been very opportunistic. Uh, we mentioned on our Wednesday show, you know, Josh Norman one week punching a ball out. Justin Zimmer making the play against the Patriots. Uh, multiple turnovers last week against Seattle. So can Buffalo continue this ride of, of playing these really close shootout type affairs but making some uh, turnovers when it counts most? Or are they due for a loss in one of these really close games? We got some breaking news here uh mr josh allen uh huge week for him crazy week for him i can't imagine you know the emotions like you know i think about like when i lost my grandparents um and i'm a little bit older so i've i've lost all four now and just the emotions that you go through and you know i think people forget sometimes i think i've seen this comment on social media a lot he's still only 24 years old i mean he's a young guy and to go through the emotions of losing a family member, and then on top of it to be, you know, asked to talk about it over and over and over again all week. He just tweeted out that, um, you know, $483,000 is where the total is at. And that's crazy because I think a couple hours I looked at it, it was like 434. And he's going to sit and he says, uh, count me in for 17,000 to add it, add to it, get it up to 500,000. Just a really special week. Uh, we had on, um, 
a couple of days ago, Andrew Bennett uh, from Oshai Children's Hospital, the vice president there, spoke about where what they're planning to do with all those funds. So just a cool story, fun story. Um, uh, and I think uh, Kim Jones, who we've had on the show too, had a big uh, interview with him, which is going to be on the pregame show on Sunday. So definitely something to watch out for. Yeah. All right. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, that that's awesome that he's chipping in that 17,000, obviously 17 being the number. Uh, and also the fact that just because that gets it up to half a million dollars, that's just unbelievable. Buffalo, kudos to you. Kudos to the Bills Mafia and everyone else that also chipped in because I did see some fan bases, uh, fans from other fan bases also chip in for this cause. My top storyline to watch in this game on Sunday, it, it goes, I'm going to go to the Bills defensive side of the ball and raise the question, can they continue to force turnovers? You've seen when this defense has been at its best this year. You go back to that Raiders game. You go to the Jets game. You go to this last week against the Seahawks. They've been forcing turnovers. They've been opportunistic. Tredavious White getting his first interception uh, last week. Jordan Poyer, who, let's be honest here, man. I mean, we, we, we've both been very complimentary of Jordan Poyer, but that dude is playing at a, at a just unreal level this season. Uh, if he's not in your all pro uh, conversation, you're having, you're having the wrong conversation. Um, but if this defense is going to be successful against this offense on Sunday, I think they have to turn the ball over Kyler Murray in his three losses this year. He has at least one turnover. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are five and three. So I think you look at this defense and some of the uh, you know guys that you lean on to force turnovers, Micah Hyde comes to mind as a guy that you know has been known in his three now four year tenure with the Bills to force turnovers. He's injured on Thursday, uh, tweaked an ankle according to Sean McDermott. He did not practice today. If Micah Hyde is not available on Sunday, we could be in a situation where you're looking at Dean Marlowe potentially again. But I think this matchup, if, if Micah Hyde can't go, I think this might lend itself more to the Jaquan Johnson game, him finally getting his first opportunity. What do you think back there? Yeah, I love Jaquan Johnson's game. I, I like uh, his long-term potential here in Buffalo. I'd love to see him get an extended look. Kind of like a few weeks ago where I said, I hope Saran Neal starts getting an extended look, and we're starting to see him mix in more. Getting Jaquan Johnson out there on the field, getting him some meaningful snaps, that's not going to be a bad thing, not you know for this game or for the future for that matter. And you're right. They have to create these turnovers on Sunday. You'd, you'd like to think that based on Kyler Murray's size, maybe tip passes could come into play. Uh, that's something that where the defensive line, if they can't get the pressure, get your arms up. That's something where Tremaine Edmonds is very good about deflecting passes. So maybe it's just a matter of getting a ball up in the air and, and being in the right spot at the right time. That seems to be the one kind of turnover we haven't really seen from Buffalo much this year, where we've seen the, the punch outs. Uh, we've seen the, the clean interceptions, but not so much on those batted passes. So maybe this is the week that happens, but you're right. Uh, if the Bills can create one turnover, maybe more than one, they could come out of Arizona with their eighth win of the season, heading into their bye week riding high. Yeah, and Mario Addison could be a guy to, to really watch. I, I was going through the thumbing through the media guide earlier this week, and he had three. I think Good Morning Football also mentioned it. He had three sacks against Kyler Murray in September last year in a 38 20 win for the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, you think this defensive line looked, I thought, better, you know, the last couple of weeks. It feels like they're kind of coming together a little bit under Eric Washington, who was obviously the defensive coordinator in that game, uh, having some success against Kyler Murray. And I think that, that that's good news. And, 
Sean McDermott, I saw a comment earlier in the thing uh, in the chat here. Uh, the Bills should do what they did against Lamar Jackson last year, which was you know play that cover that quarter zone defense, kind of take away the deep part of the field, keep everything in front of you, make the runs hard, hit Lamar Jackson when you can. And I think that's all well and good, but the difference with this game and this Arizona offense is the playmakers. You get the ball in the hands of a DeAndre Hopkins and a Christian Kirk. That's much different than what Lamar Jackson had to work with and, you know, the tight end um, predicated offense that they run with Baltimore. Agreed completely. And I'd also add in that Kyler Murray is a lot more accurate uh, with, with the ball than Lamar Jackson in terms of delivering the ball where it needs to be. And, and like you said, if you're, you're delivering it to a Christian Kirk, if you're delivering it to a DeAndre Hopkins, that's a lot scarier than a Mark Andrews or another tight end that uh, isn't necessarily going to be as fleet of foot, I guess is the best way to say it, going down the field. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit in a little while about uh, somebody who I think might be able to force a fumble on Kyler Murray, but I'm going to keep that in the bag for later in the show. Let's get into our matchups because, man, are there some matchups in this game? The two that we have, let me start with mine uh, in this one. Um, we're going right to the wide receiver versus cornerbacks because on both sides of the ball, you have an elite level corner against an elite level wide receiver. For me, Stefan Diggs versus Patrick Peterson. Not only is that a juicy matchup, but it's one that's got a little bit of history. I mean, these two guys have gone up against each other quite a bit over the course of their careers. And Patrick Peterson, Stefan Diggs, very respectful in their comments this week. You could tell that in the battles that these two guys have waged over the course of their careers, they've earned each other's res respect. Patrick Peterson called Stefan Diggs a special player, obviously mentioned the, the production and what he's been able to do, but he also pointed out the craftiness that he possesses as a receiver and not just at the line of scrimmage, not with just his ability to create separation there, but also within his routes, he's very deceptive. He's very creative. And we've seen that play out all season. That's one of the reasons why he's leading the league in uh, receptions, targets, receiving yards. Patrick Peterson is still playing at a high level. And Stefan Diggs was quick to point that out. The thing that he said, when guys play that are so great for so long, it's easy to move on to the next best thing. And you think of Patrick Peterson being so good. He did a good job a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think uh, I, don't, I can't remember the matchup, but uh, it was a big time wide receiver and he, and he did a really good job, but you start looking at younger cornerbacks that are coming in the league and starting to, you know, lift them up a little bit. And you forget, man, just because you've established this level of dominance doesn't mean that anything has changed in that regard. So Stefan Diggs knows that when they're one-on-one -on -one this week, that, you know, he's got his hands full and so does Patrick. Yeah, that, that's a great matchup to watch in this game. Diggs has been a, a game changer for this Buffalo Bills offense, and obviously Peterson is going to do everything he can to possibly take him out of this game. And for me, I went with DeAndre Hopkins versus Trey White because speaking of history, as you just said, there's a history there. Uh, last year, going into that wild card game, DeAndre Hopkins posted a picture that said 2020 mood catching a, a, a pass against Trey White hours before that game kicked off. There was a taped interview with Hopkins and Michael Irvin where Hopkins says that said that uh, Trey White had not earned his respect yet. So, you know, you can tell there's a little bit of back and forth between those two. And first half of that wild card game last year, Hopkins was a non-factor. They tried putting him in the slot. They, they tried a few different things with him. Second half, he had some catches against Trey White. He had a two-point conversion, I believe, with White in coverage. So he made some big plays to help uh, the Texans, his, his former team, win that game. So... I'm sure Trey White's going to come into this game with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I know he's he's downplaying it, uh, but I'm sure he wants to come in and make another play. He he did cause a fumble on 
Hopkins uh, last year in that playoff game. I'm sure he'd love to have another situation where he forces a fumble, gets an interception, does something. But most of all, he wants to get that last laugh and, and pick up the win with the Bills on Sunday. Patrick Peterson said something interesting that made me think for a minute. And he said, we have the pieces to do to do the best job that you could against an arsenal of weapons like Josh Allen has. And it got me to thinking, and I started looking over things and don't get me wrong. Peterson's great. Buddha Baker's great, but I, I think they're disrespecting the bills a little bit. I'm wondering if, you know, if you're Stefan Diggs, if you're Josh Allen, if you're John Brown and Cole Beasley, if you don't read that or hear about that and say, I don't know if you have the pieces back there to deal with what we're going to be bringing at you. And, you know, one of the things that they, he used to, um, you know, compare it to is what he's dealt with with Kyler Murray and in this offense going against them in training camp when ones go against ones in practice but I think it's a little bit different of a look I'm not necessarily sure that going up against Kyler and that group prepares you for what you're going to see the nuanced the nuanced differences that you're going to see in this Bills offense because they win in different ways I mean I think DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs are very different number one wide receivers they're both very good in their own ways but I think that they're a bit different uh I don't think that they have anybody that possesses the skills that Cole Beasley has um I think that they're right now Diggs and Beasley are the number three receiver duo in total yardage in the NFL so you saw him take a little bit of a backseat last week, Cole Beasley. He's somebody that I think could get heavily involved this week. Yeah, and don't forget about the John Brown revenge game. You know, I always call it a revenge game when you play your former team, but maybe, maybe, I'm sure they uh, ended on good terms, but I think Brown could be a big factor in this game. Uh, and, and even the run game. I know Buffalo is pass-heavy team, but this is the Arizona Cardinals team that's, I believe, 22nd in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. I feel like in the last few weeks, Zach Moss has really come on. I think that we've seen some flashes from Devin Singletary. I think you have an opportunity to get some more designed quarterback runs to Josh Allen. So don't be surprised if, if the Bills are a little more balanced this week and they take advantage of maybe a, a Cardinals defense that ex, that's expecting a lot of pass plays, especially after what they saw the Bills do last week to Seattle. Uh, we're going to get to our players to watch. Before we do, there's one little matchup that I think Bills fans should watch in the defensive line. And it's one that takes me back to uh, some of these Jets games the last couple of years. And that's Kelvin Beecham, who's now at right tackle for the Arizona Cardinals. And if you remember the film from those games, you'll remember Jerry Hughes abusing this poor man. Jerry, he's got a family. Come on now. Go easy a little bit. Some of these games were just unbelievable how how one-sided that matchup has been and Jerry Hughes has been utilized much more this season in that left defensive end role I think they like what they have when they're able to send out Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes we already mentioned the success that Addison has had so watch for Jerry Hughes to be a potential big problem for Kyler Murray in this offense because that's a matchup that I think the Bills could look to exploit yeah, try you know try to beat him off the edge there with, with Hughes, with Addison. Obviously, you just have to hope that uh, you can surround him and he doesn't break away because if Murray is able to break away, you're talking a big play. Uh, with, with other factors on the Bills' defense, do they play a spy? Do they spy him? What do they do? These are just some of the things that I'm really excited to look forward to on Sunday. But don't be surprised, like you said, if Hughes looks forward to this game because of uh, who he's going to see lined up across from him and the success that he has had in his career. All right, players to watch. Hit us with it. What do you got? 
Yeah, I have Tremaine Edmonds. I think uh, I know all the talk last week, rightfully so, was about A.J. Klein. A.J. Klein having the, the biggest game of his season with the Bills. But I think Edmonds had the biggest game of his season with Buffalo as well. Entered the game without a sack, he recorded a sack. Entered the game with one tackle for loss, had 2.5 tackles for loss against Seattle. I thought he was reading plays well. I thought he was supposed to be uh, lining up where he was supposed to be, not biting on certain plays. And then we find out on Monday, Leslie Frazier says, hey, he's about as close to 100% as he's going to get with this shoulder injury. So now we know that he's maybe not thinking so much about that shoulder injury anymore. It's not hampering him. It's not limiting him. So I really think that he can play a big factor in this game. Like I said, maybe some batted balls, some tip passes. Maybe he's out in coverage and he and he makes a break on a ball. We've seen him get hit on the hands a few times this season, not be able to haul an interception. Maybe this is the game that he finally does it. So Trey Edmonds is my player to watch on Sunday. That's a good one. I think that uh, they want him to continue playing well. I think uh, um, I was reading the comments. I'm not sure if you just said this, but Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Sean McDermott had an interesting quote about him this week. Did you did you see that? No. Yeah, he basically said, I'm looking forward to seeing the new version of Tremaine Edmonds, I think indicating that he's been playing through something even more significant than we've really uh, even been led on to. So to your point, I think that's a great player to watch. He can have a big impact in this game. Two tackles for a loss last week. I, I want to see more of those. That's the Tremaine Edmonds that I thought we were going to be seeing this th- this year. Um, I also think I don't love this offensive line for the for for the Arizona Cardinals. I think that they're very average, and I think there's matchups that you know, outside of Beecham that the Bills can take advantage of. Uh, one guy that you know this could be maybe an Ed Oliver game. Who knows? If uh, I know they're letting some fans in out there uh, that that Houston area to Arizona. It's, it's a drive, but it's not that much of a drive. I wonder if you have some family in there, like go back to last year when, you know, the Dallas game, it seemed like he played pretty well in that scenario. So we'll see, we'll see what that, how that goes. The player to watch for me is whoever lines up as that backup or as that number two cornerback, because Josh Norman, does not have an injury designation on the Friday injury report. He is back from the hamstring. He practiced all week. It's looking like he's going to be a full goal. Who starts there? I don't know. Last time Josh Norman came off an injury, they still went with Levi Wallace. But I think that down deep, they want that cornerback tandem to be Josh Norman and Tredavious White. So I'm very interested to see, A, who plays there. But whoever does, it doesn't matter. You Houston, we could have a problem, speaking of Houston. Christian Kirk is a phenomenal football player. He beat uh, he beat the Dolphins deep last week. There's so much attention that you have to pay to DeAndre Hopkins. And I know that Catherine mentioned that Larry Fitzgerald hasn't done a ton this year, but he's still Larry Fitzgerald, and he's still somebody that can make big plays. Christian Kirk is somebody that it's easy to forget about him. And we've seen the teams avoid Tredavious White. I don't think they will because I think they're going to want to test Tredavious White with that matchup with Hopkins. But – if they choose to go on that other on that other side, this is to me Christian Kirk is the most talented guy that DeAndre Hopkins has ever played with, and I'm a big Will Fuller fan. Yeah, well, and the health aspect, you know, he's been healthy this year. That helps out Kirk a lot. That obviously helps out uh, DeAndre Hopkins as well. But yeah, he's someone to watch. He's someone to be to keep an eye on. And we even saw last week, you know, the, the Bills misplayed one ball where where they had broken coverage and they let up a 55 yard touchdown really quickly to. Uh, Seattle and you know Kirk's gonna be that guy that if they don't cover him correctly if there's a, a miscue there he's a guy that can really burn you and and hurt you on on Sunday because I I agree with you I think Buffalo's attention is going to be on DeAndre Hopkins much like Arizona's attention is going to be on Stefan Diggs all right I'm just sharing this out uh, one more time before we get out of here um, thank you so much for watching tonight on your Friday night 
Um, we're still messing around with the time on these things. I don't know what time works for everybody. If maybe later on a Friday would work, it's kind of, you know, tough figuring it all out, but we do appreciate you making us part of your week. Um, we're going to give predictions before we get out of here, but don't forget, make sure you find us on all the audio platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get them. I was seeing all kinds of different platforms because oh, oh by the way, I almost got out of here without mentioning it. You got a couple hours here. We got a little uh, little event, little contest that we got going on right now. Head over to Twitter. I know not everybody that watches on YouTube and some of the platforms is on there. Um, and you know what? If you want to email me, find mperino at syracuse.com or nyup.com, either one. Email me that you uh, a screenshot of your subscription to our audio version of our podcast on any of the platforms. If you do that, you'll be entered in. And entering this contest means you automatically win because no matter how many entrance we get we are going to do a personal zoom call on game days for the rest of the season until we make it through everybody that participates in this contest what does that entail good question ryan why don't you tell them what that entails well that entails some some well i was to say one-on-one but two you know the two of us small group setting some bills talk pick our brains a little bit it's something that i'm really looking forward to yeah, so we're going to do our first one. Uh, we got about 25, 30 entrants so far. Uh, we'll try to get that up a, a little bit higher so we can get. And we'll, you know what? I'll probably keep it open um, for, for a while. But for the first pick, uh, we're going to pick up five names from those entrants. And we're going to have a little Zoom call at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Get something to do while we wait around for the 4 o'clock start. Um, uh, but that's for everybody that subscribes to the podcast on the audio platforms it really helps us out we're trying to grow uh there as much as possible so we so you can have the shout football podcast wherever you go uh at your fingertips on your phone i, I know you can watch it on all these platforms too but uh it really helps us out all right prediction time ryan what do you got bills win another close game 34 28 and a little bonus here andre roberts scores a return touchdown in the game who and you want to throw in a bold prediction Okay, Ryan, you feel a little frisky on a Friday night. I like that. All right, 30-27 is my pick. Uh, I picked the Seahawks last week, and I am going to pick the Bills this week. On the road against the Arizona Cardinals, I am going to go with what we think now is a healthier Josh Allen uh, in very, very nice conditions in a, in, in a beautiful weather in a dome out in Arizona. I like Sean McDermott versus Cliff Kingsbury's offense. I think that he can win that matchup or at least win it enough to, to allow for his offense to score enough points to win this game. Bold prediction. Man, you're changing up on me. I'm going to say the Bills are going to have a 100-yard rusher. It might be Devin Singletary. It might be Zach Moss. Or it might be Josh Allen. We'll see. I've been I've been waiting for it. I want to see one of these games where Josh Allen just you know rips off three hundred yards passing and also goes for a hundred on the ground. I know it's coming. One of these games this year, I feel it. I think it's going to come. Final thought, Ryan, before we get out of here. Final thought. You know, I I think that a lot of fans were saying if we can get into the bye week at seven and three, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. Well, you already have that seven wins, so you know anything extra, getting that eighth win on Sunday, that's just the icing on the cake. Uh, the Dolphins are in the in the picture. They've been playing some pretty good football, despite getting uh, moving the ball. Or the other teams are moving the ball significantly more, but they're winning those games. Buffalo is still sitting pretty, regardless of how this game pans out on Sunday. But obviously, an eighth win ahead of their bye would be huge for this team. 
as they look to win the AFC East. Listen, I want you to tune in on Sunday no matter what because we'll be live post-game edition uh, probably around halftime, I'd say, of, of the uh, Sunday night game. Uh, so give you a little something to watch in between uh, quarters. Um, but you're going to, if the Bills win this game, you're going to want to watch this because I might have a little bit of a bold prediction in line for, uh, for you guys then. Thank you so much for watching, making us part of your night, like we mentioned. For Ryan Talbot, I am Matt Perino. We will be back, we will be back on Sunday. Enjoy the game. Keep it locked on to Syracuse.com and NewYorkUpstate.com for all your Bills coverage. Have a great weekend, everybody. Ready for football? With every game a home game, Tops is ready for you with its TV a day giveaway. For six weeks, every day you shop is a new chance to win a massive 70-inch 4K TV. Shop Tops for the best deals in town, in-store, or online to win.